Hello and a warm welcome to Living Fabulously with Bev. The mission for the show is to get to the heart of well-being through inspirational stories of everyday people, expert insights from a number of health and lifestyle related disciplines, and exploration of topics that underpin well-being. If you want to take control of your well-being and put yourself front and center in your life, then this is the podcast for you. I want you to feel calm, nurtured and inspired so you can enjoy your life and your success. If you have not yet done so, please subscribe, rate and review on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you know someone else that would get value from the show as well, please share it with them. Join me on this journey and let's live the fab life together. Today, I'm so thrilled to introduce my guest, Dr. Jamie Koontz, who's a best-selling author and expert in functional medicine, nutrition, acupuncture, and Chinese medicine. Welcome, Jamie. Hey, so great to be here. Lovely to have you here today. Let's start with you telling me a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do. As you said, I'm a functional medicine doctor, and um, I also do Chinese medicine, acupuncture, and I consult one-on-one with patients all over the world. We Skype or the regular old phone. And um, I've been doing that for several years, almost a decade. I am now venturing into more um, creating online courses so I can work with even more people. Mm, That's great. And so then how would you describe your own well-being journey? Well, it's been a very long journey, I would say. Um, Ever since I was very young, I would say probably, I think maybe six or seven, I started wearing these digital watches. (laughs) And it was sort of like an obsession. I would collect digital watches. I would use them to track pulses, like of myself. I would usually wear like several watches because I was kind of a nerd. I would, you know, test my pulse all the time, see, you know, what it was doing during certain activities and how certain things affected my pulse, like breathing and certain thoughts. And just, I just started noticing all these things. And then I started, um, I would take the pulse of my friends at school and have them do certain things, you know, at recess, have them run or something. I would test their pulse (laughs) and then see how long it would take to get it back to normal and just all these things. And I was just very fascinated about how the body, you could change the way that you feel, the way that you look, I mean, everything about your body just by different environmental inputs. And, you know, I started having migraine headaches um, at school. And this was around, you know, I probably started having the headaches around fourth or fifth grade, I would get really sick. And sometimes I would even like throw up. I would just get so sick with these headaches. And I um, started to got really interested in vegetarian nutrition diet, mainly like for ethical reasons. So I actually started um, making my own lunches and I bring my lunch to school Usually something really simple like, you know, peanut butter and banana sandwich. <laughs> just like what, what you fix when you're like 10 years old. <laughs> but I would bring that to school with me and have that for lunch instead of like the school food. And I stopped getting these headaches. I stopped getting sick at school. And 
I put two and two together and, and realized it was something that was in the school lunches that was causing me to get sick. You know, I just went from there. I, you know, became very aware of how different things that I was doing, I could totally control it by what I was putting into my body, what I was doing, um, if I was sleeping well or not. It seems a lot of people uh, don't make that connection. Um, Even after they've, you know, they get very sick and they, you know, feel like they have no control. You know, it's just something that happened to them and they really do have control. And I think that's empowering to know is just um, whatever you might be going through with your health right now, you probably have more control over it than you think. And you're just kind of told that, you know, that you don't have that control, but because that, you know, it, it helps the large pharmaceutical companies to make money off of you. If you have that belief that you can't control it. Mm, that's fascinating I, I, I completely agree with you because food today is probably not what it was even when you were a young girl so if you were already affected by food at that point well let's call them food-like substances most some of those things that you were probably fed at the canteen at school I, I'm just fascinated that as such a young child you were in, intuitively knowing that this was actually a problem for your body. So uh, that's amazing to me. And so how did your interest then in epigenetics come about? And can you explain what it actually is? You know, I was growing up during the 90s. And I think that's whenever epigenetics started first being talked about in the scientific community. It was kind of the hot thing. (laughs) I was sort of a nerd. So I was constantly reading like, you know, scientific journals and, you know, textbooks. I would read like college textbooks and things instead of what the normal, you know, teenage girl would be looking at and reading. Of course, I did read those, uh, you know, teen magazines too, but (laughs) mostly I read like the scientific stuff. Epigenetics is really the study of how you can actually change the way your genes are expressed. So even though your DNA is the same, you know, you're not changing what genes are actually there. You're not changing the variation of the gene that you actually have, but you're changing how that gene is expressed. So for instance, you could turn off a certain, uh, a certain gene or you could turn on a certain gene. So for better or for worse, depending on environmental input. When you talk about gene expression, it means that even though you are born with a genetic profile, they're not necessarily like light switches. They're either on or off. And the conditions you create around your well-being and your food and all the, all the in, like you mentioned, environmental conditions either have them be on or off and you can actually therefore change that to to create better health. Yes. And a good explanation, like a good analogy, or because it's not really because it's true epigenetics, but if you look at 
two twins and one of them is a smoker and the other one is not a smoker. And, you know, they may look, they may look identical, identical twins when they're two years old. But let's say one twin begins smoking at age 10 and smokes until she's 80. And the other twin, you know, does not smoke, adopts an entirely different lifestyle. And by the time that they're both age 80, you know, the one twin, well, let's not go to 80, let's say like age 40. Okay. If uh, they're like 40, going to have the twin that smokes, it's probably going to look like the older sister of the one that doesn't smoke. They're not going to look like identical twins anymore by the time, you know, for that many years. And that's epigenetics. Because mm. so they have the same DNA. Yeah. Yeah. But they're going to look entirely different and their health is going to be entirely different. And you told me a story about your grandmother. So tell me that story again. So this is how I got interested in just genetics in general, not epigenetics, but just wanting to know what what genes I actually what variations of the genes I actually carried. Uh, my grandma, she died of Alzheimer's two years ago. And she actually, she had a very slow progression of Alzheimer's that began, you know, I would say at least 20 years before she passed away. Um, and it was things like, just asking the same question over and over. And we thought that she was kind of just trying to be annoying by asking the same question over and over. But that's actually a very early sign of Alzheimer's. We didn't know. Most, she had a lot of siblings and most of them got Alzheimer's and that's how they eventually passed away. Uh, so I became very concerned that, you know, what if, uh, what if I have genetic variations that make me at risk for this? Because I definitely don't want to lose my mind. I mean, I think that's, if you're, you know, if you start leaving, losing your mental abilities and your memories and ability to recognize your loved ones, that's, you know, it's stealing your life away from you. It's one of the worst diseases the person could have. I mean, obviously there's, I've seen some really bad diseases out there, but this is one of, obviously, I think this is one of the worst. So I did a DNA test to find out what was there, you know, just to, I wanted to know. My mom was actually like, I don't want to know. <laughs> She's like, if I have, if I have the Alzheimer's gene, I don't want to know. But I said, I want to know. So I did this and actually I don't have any genetic variations that would actually increase my chances of Alzheimer's. And I don't know if my grandma had it or not, if she had those genetic variations or not, because she never had the testing I'm assuming that she had, that she did because her siblings, you know, all had the same condition. But then again, it could have been an environmental input that they were all exposed to. 
in childhood, for instance. I don't know. I never will know. After I got my own genes analyzed, I just really started delving into, you know, what else can we find out through this? And, you know, now I've been studying this for several years and have found some really interesting things about how you can change your diet and your lifestyle to, you know, basically cause these epigenetic changes that are very desirable and to prevent changes that are not, uh, you know, not desirable. What do you see as the benefits from the field of epigenetics? I think a huge one is a lot of people are confused about what's the right diet. You know, every day there's another diet book that says you should be eating, you know, low-carb diet. You should be eating ketogenic diet. You should be eating low-fat diet. Coffee's good. Coffee's bad. Alcohol's good. Alcohol's bad. You know, all these things. And it could drive a person nuts. But, you know, there's people who now call themselves professional dieters. Like, they've done every diet book. They never seem to lose weight or they lose a little bit of weight and then it comes back and, you know, they gain the weight back and more. Understanding your own genetics is a way of understanding why none of these diet books work for everyone. There's no one-size-fits-all solution because we all have different genetic variations and that is very linked to what diet you actually should be eating. If you want to be lean and free of disease, you need to eat basically the right, you know, the macronutrients as well as the micronutrients. So macronutrients is, you know, fat, protein, carbohydrates. You need to have the proper ratio for your genotype and the micronutrients like the vitamins and minerals, you need to have the right amount for your genotype. We all require different amounts. You know, when you look on labels and it tells you like, you know, 100% of the RDA of vitamin C, things like that. Um, well, that's, it's kind of like impossible for that to even be correct because Everyone requires slightly different amounts of vitamin C and vitamin D and vitamin A, like every vitamin. We don't all require the exact same amount of vitamin. And um, it's really important to know if you require more of certain vitamin or less of certain vitamin um, or a mineral. Iron is a huge one that some people require more iron. Obviously, women, childbearing age, require more iron, but some people genetically require more iron because they're not, uh, they just don't absorb it as well. And that can be found out through genetic testing. And there are others who need to strictly avoid iron and iron-rich foods, or they could get in really serious trouble. And, you know, that's revealed through genetic testing so you know that's just one of the things that you that's, that's very important to know and, and that's you know the proper diet for you 
So to me, there's a sort of that golden thread that you're talking about. If you're putting something in based on your genetic variation, that's actually helpful and positive. You can actually change the course of your well-being journey, not only just your weight. So that that to me sounds like it's something you know we could use in any in any stage of our life. It's never too late. I'm I'm assuming, Jamie. It's never too late. You can make rapid changes. I mean, within days, actually, when you get on the right diet, you can feel incredible within days and measurable results. And I do like the idea that I can decrease my chances of known diseases by knowing this. So to me, that's, you know, even though you haven't talked about other areas of health, but I I can see that if you're, let's say, for example, I know in my genetic profile, I do have a risk for Alzheimer's. So if I actually change my lifestyle and my, my eating to ensure that I'm not actually switching on those genes, I've got a lower chance of getting Alzheimer's. Is that correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't we want to do that? So what is the process then to determine your genetic profile? It's really interesting. You have the same DNA. Every cell of your body has the exact same DNA. It's just that um, certain parts of the DNA are turned on or off. And so like DNA in your finger or like on your skin, let's say, it knows to become a skin cell because certain genes are turned on to tell it to become a skin cell. Certain genes are turned off to make sure it doesn't become a liver cell, you know, or a brain cell. Um, So in order to get your DNA, you just need some cells from your body. And this is often done by like a swab of your inside of your cheek. But also the more common method is to just, you spit in a tube and your saliva is going to have some of the cells from your mouth in there. And of course, these cells are going to have DNA that is absolutely identical to every other cell of your body. So in a nutshell, that's all you have to do is spit into a little tube and you mail it in to a place to be analyzed. And then I know that I received a very big data file and on I used a particular service and you could go onto their website and, and look at those sort of things. So I guess using the resulting information requires somebody like with your understanding to interpret those because there are these different variations in the gene. Yes. And, you know, unfortunately, these companies that test your DNA they don't really tell you how to um, interpret the information. They'll give you like ancestry data telling you, which, which is also useful to know, you know, what your heritage is, if you're European or African or Asian, you know, this is very interesting. But as far as like telling you about your health, they don't really reveal that information. They might tell you you're paying for a health, like a health report tells you if your earlobes are attached to your head or not. And, you know, you, you should already know this. You just look in the mirror and see if your earlobes are attached. I mean, it's not like a mystery. (laughs) So these things are not like, 
that useful to know. But yeah, if you want to mm-hmm. actually know what's going on, you have to look at what they call raw data. And that tells you what, what they call the allele, which basically means the variation that you have of a particular gene. Because we all have the same genes. It's just the variation that you have of that gene that makes all the difference. So you have to look up what variation you have. And I've found it fascinating working with you around just understanding some of those about the macronutrients. To me, that's just fascinating information that, so I said, is it ever too late? Because I'm in of the mature vintage and I'm thinking, well, if I had have known this so much earlier, you know, would I have had some of the health challenges I've had? And I think the answer would be no. So I'd love you to tell me about your biohackers school. In this school, it's, uh, you can actually do the materials asynchronously. So it's not like you have to attend live. Um, I have pre-recorded uh, lectures, but I have been having people go through kind of as a cohort. We're going through it together with other people. You know, you can, as a student of the course, go into this private Facebook group. And if you have a question about interpreting any of the information after you, you know, have all this information in the course and it tells you how to interpret your data. Um, You can put your alleles, if you're having difficulty interpreting, just put your alleles up. I will tell you what it means. Uh, If you have any question about your diet or any difficulties that you're having, I mean, I'm right there. And it's almost like a personal coaching. Also, there's going to be a live component as well, where we'll have kind of like a group coaching session every week. And yeah, I just try to be available for a lot of one-on-one within the course. We're just doing all kinds of uh, self-experiments too. So it's not just with your DNA, but we're doing where you're testing your blood glucose and finding out what, what that is telling you about your health and how your food is affecting that and that's always really interesting because students will post their um, blood glucose levels after certain things and it's so interesting how everyone has different levels of glucose when they wake up in the mornings and after you know they'll eat the same foods but have a totally different effect on their body and um, it's just you know just to show that, that we're all so different And it really does make a difference what your genes are are saying about what's the proper diet for you. Yeah, I think for me that's sort of priceless because even if, for example, I take myself, so I have been eating organic food, you know, I have been having that sort of mix of macronutrients, but I realized that actually some of the advice I've been given, even from my cardiologist, is actually not appropriate for my genotype. So it's just questioning that and testing, like you said, is, you know, trialing different things, seeing the effect on your body, and then knowing how your genotype actually influences where you should put your efforts on those different macronutrients. So the ratio of them to one another. And that's been so, so helpful. So 
I'm really glad to be in the biohackers school. And so, Jamie, what are your tips for living fabulously? The number one thing is to constantly be assessing your what your goals are, your where you are in your own journey, whether it's your health or your career or your relationships. You know, just constantly assess this, journal it, keep a mental note. At least a couple times a year, you need to do an assessment. I, I would recommend quarterly, you know, do an assessment of, you know, how, how you're doing. If you're on a certain diet plan and you've been doing that for several months or years even, and you're not losing weight, you're not, you know, you're not getting to where you want to be with your health. It's time to reassess. Like, why are you on that diet if it's not working for you? <laughs> you know, or if you're having trouble sleeping, like, what is it that you're doing that's causing you to have trouble sleeping? There's, there's got to be something. Just you have to be constantly changing it and improving, and never settle for just this is the way things are because it's it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> If you're not happy with the way things are, never don't settle for that. That's really sounded guidance there. And yeah, I agree with you. You know, why would you settle for mediocre life or mediocre health? You know, when you can have vitality and and really feel um, amazing and do amazing things because you feel amazing, you know. So you can find Dr. Jamie Kuntz at her website. It's Dr. Jamie Kuntz. It's K-O-O-N-C-E dot com. And also on Facebook at Dr. Jamie Coons. And Jamie, thank you so much for this conversation. I really sort of love that your childhood fascination with the body has actually taken you on a path. It's quite rare to hear. And I think one of my big takeaways is that we do have control over our diet and lifestyle. And that's so empowering for us and our well-being. And the fact that we can understand a way to eat based on our own genetic variation and get those macronutrients that you spoke about, the protein, the fat and the carbohydrate, as well as the micronutrients, the vitamins and minerals in the right ratios for us and decrease our chances of known disease while being lean. To me, that's a winner all the way. Fascinated at the own journey that I'm on here. And so thank you for for bringing your work forward in the world. And the fact that we really are individuals, I mean, paleo diet's been a big thing here in Australia. And so now also is this plant-based eating. So I just get that we need to make choices for ourselves based on fact. And we you using the genotype as fact. And I love that. Thank you for also reminding us to constantly assess our health goals. We don't want to settle for a, a life half-lived. We want to live fully and vibrantly right until our dotage and whenever our time is up we've still got a quality of life so that was my big takeaway so thank you jamie so much for being with me today thank you so much bev my online course sleeping fabulously is a four-week course where i take troubled sleepers through the process of understanding their sleep habits to creating new habits that let them sleep soundly through the night You know how passionate I am about this subject and you know that it's time for me to take my sleep message to way more people. 
So can I ask you to do something? Would you be willing to be my champion and champion the cause of better health and sleep with me? What if together we could change one person's life for the better? What if we could start more conversations about the topic of rested living? What if we, well, let's be rebels together. Are you in? I hope so. Contact me at bev at livingfabulously.com if you need ideas or just head to bit.ly forward slash sleepfabulously to check out all the details of the course and share the link thoughtfully with your friends and on social media. Thank you so much in advance for being a fabulous change maker. Thank you so much for listening and I would love to know what you enjoyed most about this episode. You can connect with me on Facebook by searching for Living Fabulously with Bev or feel welcome to leave a message or comment on my website. You can get the links and any references from this episode in the show notes at my website www.livingfabulously.com forward slash podcasts. Do you have a friend who you think deserves to live fabulously? Spread the love around by sharing the podcast with them right now. Until next time, be sure to live the fab life. The information shared here and in our programs and webinars should not be seen as medical advice and is not meant to take the place of seeing licensed health professionals.